I've, I've had one of those mornings. I am so discombobulated, but we know that God is in control, and he's going to get me back on track. I was just thinking, <clears throat> modern times and the modern church has really complicated communion. Remember the day when we used to just get a loaf of bread, and, uh, or Jesus got a, you know, some bread, and he passed it out to his disciples, and they passed and this, the, 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 a chalice uh, a cup of wine, and they would pass it around, and everybody drank out of it, and now we're like, there's no way I'm going to do that. But now, we go another level, right? We go another level. So, uh, so I forgot to get my cup and my, and my wafer this morning, and I'm standing right here and getting ready, and, and Pastor Mike says, oh, I, I said, I, I didn't get my cup. He said, I'll go get you one. And so he gives me his, and, he, and um, so I'm, oh, thank you, Mike. You're, you're an awesome brother. You know, love one another. Right, and so he's, he he gives me this, and, and he goes and gets a cup, and he brings it to me, and he says, "Here's here's yours." And I said, "What? Well, you gave me one. I'll just I'll just take." take. And I like it because there's something on the bottom. He said, "No, no, 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 no. That's gluten free." I said, "Oh, okay." So I give him back his gluten free communion, right? <laughs> but it don't stop there. Then I start thinking, you know, Rob's up here, and he's going. He did a wonderful job leading us in communion. So give Rob a big hand. Thank you, Lord, for, for that. And so Rob is talking about, you know, the lights and how, you know, he's getting the, the, all the elements ready. And I get this thought in my head, right? And he's talking about, you know, the, 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 the juice, the fruit of the vine. And I'm thinking, I wonder how many carbs are in this juice. That's a thought that I got. Is this going to get me out of ketosis? You know, is, this, is this keto? Is this keto? Fr- we have really complicated the Lord's Supper. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us. Two, two quick things uh, before I go into my message. The first one is uh, we are going to be uh, going on a wonderful mission trip. Our, our missions directors, uh, Brent and Becky Strand, Strand are, are leading a team, and they're going to be going to Puerto Peñasco, which is Rocky Point in Mexico. On um, April the 21st through the 24th, they are actually going to be in the, in the back in the cafe area. We ha- they have a table set up, and they will answer any questions. I strongly encourage you, if you have not been on a short-term mission trip, for you to go because it's life-changing. Not only will you change someone else's life, but your own life will be changed. So it's very well worth your while to invest into that. The other thing that I want to mention real quick, we are five weeks from the greatest day that we celebrate in human history. It's called Resurrection Sunday. Other people know it as Easter, but we, we just say it's Resurrection Sunday, it's Easter, we're going to celebrate it. So here's a couple things that I want for you to, to just grab a hold of. Uh, there was a small card on your seat that says, come to a service, bring someone to a service, and then serve at a service, okay? And th- that, look at how we are in this first service. We are just completely full. We added another service for Easter so we will have three services here at the Oracle campus. We'll have one service at the Kearney campus on Saturday. And, uh, and I just believe that people are going to come in droves. Uh, there's uh, uh, 82% of people that are at, invited to go to, a, eat, to an Easter service will go, 82%. So eight out of 10 are going to come with you if you invite them. And I just believe we're in a time in, in our world, not only in our country, but in our world, that people are getting hungrier and hungrier for God. 
because he's the answer. Jesus is the answer. So, so invite people to Easter. Also, um, get your tickets for whatever service you're going to be coming to. The tickets are in the cafe. There's a table set up there. And uh, I, I need for you to get your tickets for yourself and whoever you're bringing so that we will make sure we have enough seating. And if we need to add another service, we will. We've already talked to neighboring businesses about parking. And so uh, we're getting everything set up because we know God's going to do some amazing things. Uh, one more thing with Easter. So uh, we are inviting you to partner with us to donate some Easter gifts uh, that we are going to give to kids on the e Easter egg hunt. Anywhere from action figures, dolls, Hot Wheels, monster trucks, all these kinds of things that a little boy or little girl are going to love. And uh, I think that if we all come together and do this, uh, it's going to be a real great, great, great thing. And I think the kids are going to be delighted. But more than that, Jesus is going to touch their lives. And so it's just, it's a wonderful thing. So, so let's get ready for Easter. It's going to be great. Get your tickets and uh, let's begin to prepare ourselves for, for that. Now, we're going to go into the message uh, for this week. And uh, remember last week, we, we talked about uh, abiding in Christ and how we need to be connected to God. Uh, we need to remain in Christ because apart from him, we can do nothing. There's nothing that we can do outside of God for the, for the glory of God without Jesus Christ. And you need to kind of be anchored in that as we go into today's message. Because today, we're going to follow the narrative in, in the Gospel of John. And in John chapter 15, after Jesus says, Abide in me, uh, because I am the vine, you are the branches. He goes into this next, next piece of, uh, of, uh, of, of discourse or conversation with his disciples. And, he's, and, and the whole thrust of it is how we love one another. Why is it so hard to love one another? It's easy to say it. It's another thing to do it. Amen? And I, I have to believe that there are some of us in here that there is someone that is rubbing us the wrong way. Amen? I mean, some of you might have come to church driving up and you had a tiff with someone because of whatever. And, and I just believe God is going to speak to us uh, about how we should live out our Christian life, abiding in Christ and walking in his attributes. Because here's the thing about Jesus is that he loves us in our good times and our bad times. He loves us when we're happy and when we're sad. He loves us when we've done great things and when we've blown it. That's who Jesus is. And when we have him in our lives, it changes everything. So uh, I want for us to go to John's Gospel, chapter 15. I'm going to start in verse 9. And I'm going to read up to verse 17. And this is what, what Jesus tells his disciples. He says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Now, that's important. We're going back to this, uh, the Godhead God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come into play in this, in this passage as well. And we, we, we know that the Godhead is in relationship, right? So Jesus says, I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love or abide in my love. 
When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. A real quick pause. And let's realize something, that it's the love of God that leads us to follow his decrees. Amen? It's this love relationship that, that leads us to do things that are pleasing to him with an understanding that we fall short of the glory of God, but because Jesus fulfilled everything that we can't in him, we're able to do things that we can't do without him. Verse 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And then verse 12, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Now that's a lot of love. Because Jesus gave up his life for you. Jesus gave up his life for me. Verse 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves or servants because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And this is my command. Love each other. Notice he didn't say, this is my command. I'd want for you to do this and to do this and to do this. And he said, no, no, one thing, love one another. If you do that, everything else will fall into place. Love has to be the foundation of everything we do as Christ followers because love is the foundation of God. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son so that no person will perish by believing in him, but that we will have everlasting life, right? God didn't send his son to condemn the world, but, through the, that, but that through the son the, the, that we will be set free from the judgment of God. And so I, I want to bring, I wanna bring some, some takeaways for you about love one another for you to, 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 to leave with this, not just as something that you learn, but something that you will live out. And here's the first takeaway. Love one another. It's God's way. It's God's way. Look at what Jesus said. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. So love is a God thing. It's God's way. It, it derives from his character. It, it's who he is. The, the same author, the, the, the Apostle John, in his first letter that he wrote to the church, he, he said this. He said, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And, and so that speaks to me as a child of God that when I'm walking in the attributes of my heavenly Father, that I will walk in the love of Christ. And there's a lot of things that will come into my, into my sphere. There's a lot of things that come into my life 
that will try to drive a wedge between the love that God has for me and the love that I can give back to him and especially the love that I can receive and give to others. There's always something that comes into our lives that will try to drive a wedge in that love relationship. Always. And we need to understand that. So if, it, if it's God's love, it doesn't come from us. Amen? If, if God is love, and the only place that you find love is with God. See, I've been married for going on 36 years. And when I got married, I did not have God. And so what I thought was love really wasn't love. A lot of it was lust. A lot of it was a lot of different things that, that, that at the end of the day, for the, for the next six years after my marriage date, those things could not sustain our marriage until the day that Jesus Christ came into my life. And when he came into my life, I found out what love really was. And that same love that, that, that I found in Christ Jesus was the same love that I was able to reciprocate to Shauna Reese. And it made our marriage so much better. In fact, it completed our marriage. Because God is love. And, and, and so when you understand that this love that comes from God doesn't come from us, it derives from God, then you can receive it from him and you can give it to others. If it's not yours, then you, you, you can understand that it's, it, you can go to God and he can give it to you so you can give it to others. So that person you're having a struggle with today, it's not your love they need, it's God's love. You don't have to muster up your own love. You got to go to God for his love. And it's something that we cannot live without. We need God's love. And the more that I know God, the more that I know his love. And what did Jesus teach us? That if we know Jesus, we'll know the Father. So the more of Christ that I have in my life, the more that I remain in Christ, the more that I abide in Christ, the more that I know the Father, the more that I know the love of God, the more I'm able to walk in the love of God, the more I exemplify the love of God, the more I'm able to give the love of God. Not only that, but the more I'm able to receive his love and be complete in what he's done for me. Amen? See, God never stops giving. God never stops giving his love. God never stops caring. God never stops forgiving. The, the more that I know his love, the more that I know his forgiveness. The more that I walk in his forgiveness, <clears throat> the more that I experience his grace, and the more that I'm able to offer his grace to others. And that's love. When I'm able to look at people through the lens of the cross of Jesus Christ, I look at them with the grace of God. I look at them like they're not perfect, but he is. And I also look at myself like I'm not perfect. I fall short of the glory of God, but guess what? Jesus is. And Jesus loves me. Before I ever did anything right, Jesus loved me. And, and so your second takeaway that, that you need to really grab a hold of is that you can't do it without Jesus. We, we cannot love one another without Jesus Christ. 
Notice what he said. Remain in my love, disciples. Remain in my love. Quit arguing about who's the greatest. See, the disciples, be, they would begin to argue about who's the greatest. John said, I'm the greatest. And then Peter said, no, no, I'm the greatest. And they started arguing. Jesus said, don't worry about that. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and I remain in his love. Ask yourself a question real quick. Why does Jesus tell his disciples to remain in his love? It's pretty simple. I can never love people God's way without Jesus Christ. I've tried it without Jesus. Not knowingly, I, I, I didn't know God. The first years of my, of my, of my life, up to 26 years of age, I, I, knew, I knew religion. I was raised in, in a religious family, but I didn't have a relationship with God. I found that in Christ. And, and maybe you're, you're, you're here and you kind of feel me. You, 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 you relate to what I just said. That you've had religion, and religion is what you can do for God. Relationship is what God's done for you. It's this love relationship. And, and, and when you make Jesus your, your Lord, your kurios, supreme in authority, uh, he, he, he comes into this, this wonderful, wonderful, not only is he my Lord and my Savior, but he, he speaks and he, he's my friend. He wants to spend time with me. Ain't that amazing? See, see my, my family, my, my, I think my mom used to tell me this quite a bit. She said, son, your, your, your friends you can choose, but your family's given to you. You don't have a choice there. You, you need to love your brothers. It doesn't matter what. Right? And so that kind of speaks to me with what, what Jesus said. I, not only do I, I, I call you, you know, not only am I your master, not only are you my servant, but now I call you friend because I'm talking to you about some very intimate things. I'm telling you things that only the Father has spoken to me. Now, that's important because here's the deal. With Jesus, you will find out all the things that you need to find out that are hidden in him. The things that him and the Father have talked about, the, the plan that he's laid out for us. And, and here's the thing, it, it's not a mystery that, that only a certain people have. It's given to us through the word of truth. And it's available to every one of us see, that as we open up his word. See, his word is speaking into my life right now. His word is speaking into my life, and I'm speaking his word into your lives. And some of you, I hope all of you, if you're watching online or second service, as you're watching, you, 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 you're going to understand that you have the choice and the privilege to receive the word of God and live it out for yourself. You, you've got the privilege of, of receiving the love of God and walking it out because loving God's way is so much different than loving James Reese's way outside of Christ I can become pretty conditional not you guys don't ever fall in this category but I do you know if people align themselves with the things that I like if if, if they have kind of the same uh, you know, kind of character and, 
and uh, you, they're just pleasant to be around. They, those people are easy to love, but what I couldn't find out, and I know it's not this service, and this is being recorded for second service, so it's not second service. But there are, there are some people in some, somebody's service who are not easy to love. Amen? And what I've also come to find out with that statement, there's some people that are not easy to love, but for, for some people, I'm not easy to love. What I've come to find out in my, you know, my young 56 years of, of life is, is that not everyone likes me. I don't even understand that. <laughs> but it happens. And, and so with that, um, with that understanding, I need Jesus so that I can love people that in, in my perspective may be unlovable. Amen? Because you will have your haters. You will have people that, 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 you know, they don't esteem you the way that you think that you should be esteemed. But God loves you. But God cares about you. And he proved it through Jesus. Because Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life for you, the unlovable. For, for you that someone thinks, you know, I don't know if they are worth it. You're worth everything and more to God. And so when Jesus becomes a part of our life, everything changes. The way, the, the, the way that we act, we'll see that next week, the way that we react to, to people. And you have to really, you really have to dig deep into, into who you are in Christ. You've got to be grounded in Christ. You've got to be rooted in Christ so that what comes out of your life is the attributes of Christ. It's possible. It is possible for you to live a life where you can love other people because of Jesus. Look at what, what Jesus said in, in verse 16. I love it. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. No, notice that it's, it's lasting fruit. Amen? It, it's fruit that remains. It's fruit that is always refreshing. So the love of God that is produced in me will actually refresh someone else. When someone is having a bad day, I'm the best thing that could happen to them because Jesus is with me. When there's someone in your life that is suffering, you are the best thing that has happened to them. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. So, so we are not a part of the devil's destruction crew. We're a part of Jesus' construction crew. We've been called to do the God things in this world. And you can because of Jesus.
So some of you are thinking, uh, okay, pastor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consider this because there's someone that I'm having a real hard time with. Well, here's your, here's your third takeaway. Loving one another is not a recommendation. <laughs> when it comes to abiding in Jesus, it, it's not something for you to consider, right? And, and I think that so many people get this wrong because you think that loving one another is a recommendation. But look at what Jesus said. This is my Say it with me. Commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Let's think about the cross experience. Okay? The climax of that experience is that he breathed his last. It is finished. That's the climax. That's the, 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 the end before the beginning of the resurrection. But leading up to that, every one of his disciples, except for John, the one who wrote this, fleed and abandoned Jesus. Amen? People laughed at him. People scoffed at him. People pulled his beard. People beat him. And guess what Jesus did on the cross? Father, destroy them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Hear me now. When's the last time that you were really upset at someone? And I don't even know if I should mention this word. And even had some kind of hate toward them. I know you guys would never do that. But how many times when you get to that place where you just are at odds, have you ever said these words? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Don't we, don't we usually say, they knew what they were doing. They, they disobeyed me on purpose. They, they did what they did, and they knew it, and I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to set them straight. Notice I'm, notice the big I'm, right? I am going to set them straight. I am going to do this instead of us connecting to Christ, instead of us walking in the attributes of Christ and saying, Lord, let me see things through your lens. Let me love them the same way that you love me. That doesn't mean you don't deal with things. You deal with things, but you deal with things in a whole different light than out of anger, hate, enmity, hostility, and all the works of the flesh. We, uh, when we look at this, it, it, it removes your right to be mad and to be ugly and to take an offense. Careful, careful, James Reese, watch where you're going. It, it, it removes the right for you to take this hostility because they've hurt your they've hurt your husband. And you take an offense for your husband, they, they hurt your wife, you take an offense for your, your wife, and God forbid they hurt your kids. And you take an offense for your kids, 
or they change the carpet in the church. And that really, that really chaps your hide. And God forbid they put these fog machines and you just, I mean, that's just really going to, you just hate the pastor for doing that, even if the pastor didn't do that. You don't like the music, and you don't like this, and you don't like that, and you don't like this, and you don't like that. They did this to your daughter, and they did this to your son, and they did this, and you never visit this. That he said, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you, and this is training ground. The church is the training ground for how we should walk in the world. If we can't love each other in the church, how can we love each other in the world? Where the agendas are. When the focal point is never God, when the focal point is always us, and so this is repeated over and over and over and over. In verse 17, he says, this is my command that you love each other. Apparently, this love thing is important to God. And it doesn't mean that you become a doormat or that you get abused, but it does say to choose to, to, to love. It says, choose love over hate every time because hate will destroy you and it will become a cancer in your soul. It does so much damage to our hearts. Again, the, the Apostle John, who, who's actually, he, he became known as the, the, the Apostle of Love. The same Apostle that when they were trying to go through Samaria, him and his brother James, uh, they, they didn't let the, the disciples and Jesus go through Samaria. And, and so him and his brother uh, say, to Jesus, Lord, just call, just call fire from heaven and destroy that, the Samaritans. It's the same apostle. Uh, apparently, the love of Christ changed his life. Uh, apparently, the love of Christ can change our lives. Now, now let, me, let me say something, because there's someone in here that you're struggling with this. You're struggling with this love thing because here, it's easy to teach it. It's easy to read it. It's a lot harder to live it. And do you not think that in every situation, every circumstance, every relationship that you have, that God is not working to make you more like Jesus? Huh? And less like you. And you'll find out what your default is. You'll find out exactly who you are when you go into those situations and someone does something to you, to your family, to your friends, and you start picking up offenses for them. And then it divides churches, where churches where people are supposed to find love, where people are supposed to go through forgiveness, where we're supposed to go the extra mile for individuals, and what you find is divisions. And, and, and this church against that church, and this church against that church, when this church should be for that church, because we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we should be walking out the attributes of God, not the attributes of man, not the attributes of our flesh. 
And here's the thing, that if you don't get it right, you'll pass it down to your kids. And your kids will pass it down to your grandkids. And you'll have this Christianity thing going on in your life that doesn't look anything like this. Oh, you can speak it. You can talk about it. You can go to your Bible studies. You can do all these things, but you can't live it. The reason you can't live it is because you're not abiding in Christ. You're not remaining in Christ. You know, me and Shauna went to, first thing when we came out to the ministry as a lead, lead pastor, I remember the, the people that were closest to us, we had this meeting, and in this meeting, it was a meeting from hell. Everyone turned their back on, on Shauna and I in that meeting. I'll never forget that. And, and, and here we were leaders in the church, and, 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 and they did things and said things that, you know, in my estimation should never have been said. I'll never forget this because they said them toward my wife. And I'll never forget when, when I, I, the, the Lord just silenced my mouth because I wanted to punch some people in the face. That's where I come from. Forgive us, those of you watching online, but I did. And, and so I'll, I'll never forget uh, the, the next day this, this, this wonderful uh, uh, man of God who I esteemed highly, and, and he said some things that were very uncharacteristic. He said, I don't know why I said the things that I said. He sent flowers to my wife at the school where she was working at and, and said, just apologize and ask for forgiveness because that's what God's people should be doing. And he, we, we, we came in a, in a meeting together and he said, I don't know why I said the things I said. I don't know why I did the things I, I did. And I said, uh, I, said I, I do know why you, why you did it. And I do know why you said it. And I do know why God allowed it. I needed that. Because I needed to know that when people leave me, people that I trust, the closest people in my life, I needed to know that when those people turn their backs on me, he never will. And I needed to know that I could love you even when you seem unlovable. And I love you. And him and I had the greatest relationship up to the time that he died. And this relationship got stronger. And let me tell you something. There's someone in here that, that the, the devil has come. And let me tell you, the devil works. And he wants to come into your life. And he wants to divide you from, from the people in the church, from the people of God. Let me tell you, there's no one perfect in this church except one. And his name is Jesus Christ. All of us fall short of the glory of God. And the more that we recognize it, the better it is. The more that we live in it, the more that... So if you walked in, if you're new today, you're watching online and you're new to watching... I'm not the answer. Jesus is. These people here, maybe not on purpose, but they will let you down. Because we're people. But God never will. And that same apostle wrote this. Dear friends, in, in his first letter, uh, John said this in chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it's an old one you have, you have had from the beginning. Let's talk about the, the commandments. What's the most important commandment? Hear Israel, God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And Jesus says, what's the second most important commandment? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's exactly what he's referring to. I'm not giving you a new commandment. You, you guys know what the commandment is. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before, yet, is, yet it is also new. 
Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it, for the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining, and that true light is Jesus Christ who lives in us, the hope of glory. It's Jesus Christ who changes us from the inside out. It's Jesus Christ who turns hate into forgiveness and restoration. You know, we, we hear about revival going on. Let me tell you when, you when revival starts, when you put the hate outside and let the love of God come into your life. Revival doesn't start at a place. This is important for you guys because some of you, chase, you're going to chase these revivals. The revival is not a place. It's a person. And that person is here. That person is wherever you've named the name of Jesus Christ. The person is what will change your life. The, 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 the greatest practice for living out God's love is the church. The ecclesia, the ones who have been called out of the world and into Christ. The, the church is where we're supposed to grow in our love for each other. Man, it's a quiet first service today. Jesus said this in, in, in the previous chapter, chapter 13, verse 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Not the love for the world, not the love of the world. In fact, Jesus goes on next week, we'll hear about it. Haters going to hate. Jesus goes on and he says, the world is going to hate you because the world hates me. This is where love is. That's where we find love. That's where we live it out. This is where you practice. This is where you grow in it. Well, someone offended me, Pastor. Well, get over it and go restore it. Go restore it. Practice. It's, it's like someone going onto the football field and saying, Why do, I really don't want to hit today. What are you talking about? Get on, get on your three-point stand. Come on. That's football. But in the church, we live out love. We practice love. We, we, we continually go through it. We continually allow the things that happen in life to shape us with the goodness of God being the, the most important foundation that we have. That we walk it out and we live it out. Let me tell you, the devil knows this. He knows that, that, that our love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And he plays havoc in churches to destroy the witness of God's love that should permeate every local church. So God's people go from one church to another church talking about how they hate the pastor or the people or they hate that other church, which is not God. We don't leave here talking about this church, and you don't come here talking about another church, because if you do, I will stop you right there. We'll let God bring restoration. We'll let God bring healing. There are bad things that happen in all kinds of places, but let me tell you, the church is where we find the love of God and where we give that same love to other people. I got to say this because I wrote it. I've said it already, but I'm going I'm 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 to restate it. You need to understand that there are imperfect people in this church just like there are imperfect people in that church 
The pastors at this church are imperfect, just like the pastors at that church are imperfect. And I love the quote by Markel Proust. And he said this, and I, I think it's a wonderful quote. He said, never meet the people you admire or you look up to because you will be disappointed. You ever looked up to someone and then when you get real close to them, you're like, they got a lot of problems. <laughs> I mean, you, you hear me talk all the time, right? You hear me communicate and some of you guys, some of you guys say, wow, you're my hero. And I say, you better pick another hero. <laughs> Jesus is a lot better hero than I am. These imperfect people have imperfect families. Well, that's everyone else but mine, but every, you know. We all have imperfect families, and, and that's the biggest setup the, the devil will play in your life, taking offenses for your families. I'm going to say that again. It's the biggest setup that the devil will play in your life, taking offense for your family, picking, fighting the battles for your family. Let me, let me say something. Be careful. Let me say something. There's a time in your family's life that they got to live their life for themselves. There's a time in your kid's life when they've got to start walking out the forgiveness of God for themselves. There's a time that you say, this is between you and them. We're called to that. Here's the last point, our last takeaway. Loving one another is not a convenience. It's not easy. You won't find uh, convenient love in God's economy. Did you know that? Here's what Jesus said. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You want convenient love? Go to the world. And it's pick and choose. The world picks and chooses who they're going to love. If you, if you fit into my group, we're going to love you. If you don't fit into my group, I'm not going to love you. That's why I think that, 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 that people that take a strong, a strong position, ooh, I've got to be careful here, in politics or anything that's, gonna, that's going to separate you from the love of God to everybody is wrong. You should be convicted and you should be, uh, you should be voting how God would have you vote according to his word, but you should never separate you from the people that need God's love. That's how the world lives. That's what the world does. That's how the, the world does social media. Arguing about things over social media instead of meeting people face to face and having a, a conversation out of love and grace. I remember a, a dear friend of mine, we, I, I, you know, he said, I'm behind you, PJ, I'm behind you, way behind you. <laughs> That's the world's love. 
Amen? The world's love is, I'm going to love you if it's convenient for me. I'm going to love you if it fits my mold. If it fits my preferences. But love is action. Love is willing to die to self for the good of God in others. Love is understanding. Love is not biased. Love calls wrong, wrong, and right, right. Those people that are in my, in, my, in my close circle, we give each other permission because we trust each other to speak things into our life and call us out when we're doing the wrong thing. That's love. The book of wisdom, Proverbs, says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. I need some wounds. I have some wounds, and can I tell you, every time I look at the scar tissue, I remember that God got me through. I remember that my relationships are better because of that. You see, those relationships where we actually have had struggles in our life and we still are friends, those are real relationships. Not, not the ones where you say, uh, they did this to my daughter, they did this to my son, they did this, they did this, they did this, and you just end relationships. Instead of pushing through and doing everything you can with the love of God to make things right. That's the church. That's what we're about. Look at what, what Peter said in, in, at the end of his letter, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Most important of all, continue. You know that continue means to continue? Continue to show deep love for each other. Let me ask you a question. How deep is your love for the people that God's placed in your life? And that's the people that are in here. That's the people from second service. And second service, that's the people from first service. That's the people from Kearney, from the Copper Corridor campus. Do we have deep love for each other? Do, do you have deep love for, for you know, the, 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 the work of God or... Is it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go here and then go here and go there and go here and I'll pick and choose what I like and if I don't like, I'll talk about what I don't like. Instead of praying for those people, for the work of God, wherever it's at. I pray for my pastor friends and my pastor in the, in the communities all the time. Because they're in the front lines against the enemy of our souls. And, 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 and Peter doesn't stop there. He says, he says this, you know, show deep love for each other because love will cover a multitude of sins. And I don't know about you guys, but I need a lot of sins covered. I fall short of the glory of God all the time, but here's the thing is that love, love 
does great things. And love is greater than a lot of things that we think is great. That's the love that God has for you. He loves you so much. He loves you with a deep love. And so do I. I love you with the love of Christ. Not my own love, but the love that God's given to me, which is real love. I love you with that same love. We're in this together. We're going to win. I read the end of the book. It's been good, huh? It's been challenging. That's his word. Here's our next, here's our, um, next step. <clears throat> here's your, you got your takeaways, but you, it, it's just horrible if you come and you listen to a message and don't do anything with it. Who do you need to try to restore your relationship with? Is there someone that has hurt you or hurt your family? And maybe they didn't, they didn't even mean to do that, or maybe they did, but, but, they're, but maybe they're in this church. Maybe you can start praying about how you reconcile that relationship. Maybe you can pray about how you can take that hate and let God remove it. Let the Holy Spirit remove that hate and let him pour his love into your heart. Amen? There's people that have talked about your pastor. Can you believe that? And I choose to love them because God loves them. Amen? Like my Uncle Nacho said, if they're talking about you, they're letting somebody else rest. Father, we thank you for this time that we had. You're so good. Your love is so good, Lord. We choose, Lord, today. We choose not to walk in hate. We choose, Lord God, not to allow hostility to take over our lives. We choose, Lord, for, for us to be the instruments of love in your church and beyond. Let this, let this body of believers be known for the love of God. Let us recognize the work of evil. Let us recognize the, the evil one as he tries to come in and penetrate and separate us from your love and from our love from one another. And we'll be very careful to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen and amen.